We're good. We're live. Uh, well, <laughs> tell me when I should click it. All right, Dimitri Downing here with Mita Unshackled. Oh, double, double, yeah, double here, just, music today. We, we got okay. it. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Technical difficulties. Uh, we're back here with Mita Unshackled. Dimitri Downing here with my co-host for today, Rita Valenzuela. Rita Valenzuela. I love how she says it. Rita Valenzuela. And we're, we are pleased and honored to be interviewing one of the OGs of the OGs, like the commander-in-chief of the OGs, Chris Walsh <laughs> from, I always say he's from MG BizCon, but really he's from planet Earth. And uh, his his existence is much more all-encompassing than his experience at MJ BizCon, but most people know him from MJ BizCon. So, Chris, we're pleased to have you here today. Thank you both. I appreciate it. There aren't many OGs left in the industry. Yes. And, and a lot a lot have transitioned or moved on or sold their companies or you know. So, it's changing times. You are like the his- historical mass I mean there's 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 so much knowledge and information in your head about the American and international cannabis industry. You could probably be a professor. You know, it it's it's incredible. But you just recently left uh MJ Bizcon. Uh, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, it's been uh, almost three weeks. And, uh, you know, it's been, it was uh, almost 12 years in the industry from the early days in 2011 when things were a lot different. And so it's been uh, quite a journey, but, you know, everything everything comes to an end at some point and uh, looking forward to seeing what's next. So this is his exit interview and where he's officially going to be describing what he liked and didn't like. No, I'm just kidding. How did it? I'm happy to do that. Why do you think it changed and how? I just think that, um, you know, back in the day in 2011, Mm -hmm. A, the stereotype was huge. So I, you know, I came from mainstream journalism as a reporter and editor at newspapers um, covering serious business news, right? And um, at that time, the cannabis industry wasn't taken seriously by anyone except some of the people in it. And so that was a, that's been the, one of the biggest changes, right? It's, uh, it's gone mainstream itself. It's a sexy topic. Everyone wants to get in the industry. It makes headlines. It's, it's taken seriously now. Um, uh, but when I first started, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't know how people were going to respond when you, you know, I have, I was finishing up my MBA. I was a, you know, again, mainstream journalist. And, uh, you know, when you, when you come into something like cannabis, you know, people were like, what, what are you doing? You know, kind of what, what happened to your life and what happened to your career? And what, what month and year was it like, uh, that you started with MJ biz daily, right? Yeah. MJ biz daily. It was, uh, in May, May of 2011. And so no one really knew about the industry across the U S at that time. There were people that ran dispensaries in California and Colorado, Montana, right? There were people who, who had some brands, and ancillary companies, but um, my goal was to learn about the entire U.S. industry, not just a local market. You know, everything was so segmented back then. It's still segmented on a state basis now, largely. Mm-hmm. But back then, people weren't thinking outside their neighborhood where they operated, right? There was no chains. You were just, you know, lucky to have one one store or one, or you may, you know, edibles were in baggies. No, that, I, that you had little labels on that people would write on. That's that was the industry back then. You had like saran wrapped brownies. <laughs> and so, so, were you the first person at MJ Biz Daily? Is that yeah? Did, yeah. Was that uh, your the two co-founders hired me to to help launch it? And so, because uh, it started 
just on content online, kind of as a trade publication for the industry. So right. the goal was to help people that were building this new industry do business. And, you know, no one was really serving these people. They didn't have any serious business information, any data, anyone paying attention to them and their needs. Like, how do you grow, how do you grow a business in cannabis? How do you tackle challenges? How do you find fu- funding? Right. All the stuff that people want to know about in any industry, right? No one was paying attention to the people in cannabis. Yeah, they thought that was it was uh, a joke, right? And, and MJ BizCon, when was the first MJ BizCon? Was that in 2011 as well? That was 12, 2012. 2012. So it was what we realized is we started and and we were kind of feeling our way along. So whenever you start a business, you you enter it with one plan, and typically where you're at a couple of years later is different, right? If you're good, because you're you're reacting to the market, you're gaining new intelligence, and you're pivoting your business model, right? It's very rare when someone lays out exactly where they're going to go and, yeah. and it does it successfully. So it's what we learned is I was basically just writing about the industry, my, my thoughts on it, almost like a blog type thing. Because mm-hmm. we were like, let's feel this out. Let me learn who the key players are. What are the big issues? And uh, is what happened after a couple months was that I realized that the industry didn't have any news, anyone writing for it, right? Again, business news, case studies on companies, um, and so we kind of pivoted to like, Hey, this needs serious journalism. People that are approaching it objectively, writing about the issues in the industry for the business owner, for the entrepreneur, for the investor. So it became more of a news focus than we initially intended. Um, because it was, there was a hole, black hole, you know, the wall street journal wasn't covering it. Yeah. Even your local papers, even though there was industries cropping up, the newspapers and, and media sites weren't really covering it. You know, or they they would put in pot puns in the headlines, right? And it was just a joke. They'd write about it every now and then. Um, so we decided to to cover it like the Wall Street Journal does business news, but for cannabis. Well, that, that's visionary of your of your team. But when did the MJ BizCon? What, what year was month was the first MJ BizCon in two thousand twelve? Yeah, that was after the elections uh, in November. So we were right after the elections, and that was our kind of sweet spot hosting an event because so much happens in the elections, right? New states. Right have been coming online. So we, we targeted that time period for that reason. There's a lot of buzz and interest in the, in the elections, even in off years. Right. And so, um, we held the first one in 2012 and we were kind of late to the game and finding a space and all that, but we didn't know what to expect. It was November, right? It was November. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, After the November elections. And so we ended up in this old, uh, Masonic Lodge in Denver that was converted to an event center, but it had like women's bathrooms on one floor and men's on the other. Like you, you didn't mix, you know, it yeah. was like anywhere close, you know, it was, so it was a really, it was a cool space, especially for cannabis. It had a lot of character. Yeah. Right. But the mainstream kind of convention centers or hotels didn't, didn't want any cannabis events there. Right. And we're like, no, 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 we're serious. We're business. This is business, right? Yeah. We're not coming in as a festival vibe, which is fine, but that's not what we were doing. Um, so we held that and didn't know what to expect, but we had about, about 400 people from across the country, which was great. You know, that first year we were like, wow, people need to get together, right? In a serious business forum and talk about the industry. And we had an exhibit hall with about 30 booths, uh, you know, do, companies. Do you remember any of those companies? Yeah, yeah, we had. Um, I think I, A- still I think Apex Supercritical. Yeah, was there um, ancillary companies? Uh, I don't remember the exact exhibitors, but you know the MJ Freeways of the world. Yeah, you know where they they were trying to market right, and there hadn't been a trade show they could go to, right, and be around people in the industry. So we we've determined then that we were onto something that the industry really needed it, but we approached it different than anything had been done in cannabis, 
it's we didn't reinvent the wheel, right? Trade shows have existed and journalism and trade publications have existed for a long time, but no one was doing it for cannabis. Mm-hmm. And anyone who was doing an event in cannabis at that time that I saw, it was festival vibe, right? Or it would be a medical medical cannabis Consumer. thing. And it would be consumers and there would mm-hmm. be bongs on the show Not floor. Yeah, and you'd have, mm-hmm. you know, Be Real from Cypress Hill, like, playing in the, you know, some cavernous which are hall, which are fun, right? <laughs> but but again, we were just aiming to do something different. So nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but ours wasn't. You know, I wore a suit and tie, and, uh, you know, I was like, people are going to mock me. And actually, a lot of people wore sports coats, at least. Yeah. You know, because we that was the impression we gave through MJ Biz Daily. Like, hey, this is serious, and you guys are in it. Right. And there's money involved, and there's, you know, you're trying to build businesses. And take care of patients at that time. There was and no recreational. In 2012 was when, August 2012, when I started the industry and I started looking around for who are the serious business people in the industry. That's when I found you guys in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I showed up wearing my three-piece suit for 2013. You really wear suits. Now, now, <laughs> now, 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 now look at him. <laughs> yes. I wear my hat on backwards everywhere. I got a hoodie. Just like a frat boy. You know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I wear my three-piece suits, but I... But you come to understand the purpose and reasoning and reflect on the three-piece suit a lot. You reflect on a lot of things in the cannabis industry, which is my favorite part, is it's like uh, reinventing things and analyzing things. And so there's a lot of like reflection in general and how business and market structures and economics works. And that's one of the, been the most interesting parts for me. But uh, back to you. So we, uh, 2013, you're doing MJ Biz Daily. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out there was a relationship with MJ Biz Daily, and then eventually you became the CEO of MJ BizCon. Let's walk through that. Like, how did how did that evolve? Well, you know, um, being kind of on the vanguard of understanding the industry nationwide. Yeah. Um, again, everyone was focused on their own market, their own situation. There weren't analysts, right? Or consultants only knew one state's regulation. So... Just developing that perspective, not only myself, but MJ Biz Daily covering it, right? We started, mm. I built a team of journalists, right? So we, we had reporters and editors and data researchers. You know, we did our fact book um, and we tried to put numbers around the industry. What's the size of the market? What are the major uh, trends playing out? And so the content side really built our reach into the industry, you know, as, as a reliable source. And then we had the events, right? So over time, I moved from building the editorial side of MJ Biz Daily, uh, more to the business side and uh, yeah. became closely tied to the, the business end. And then I kind of moved back from the day-to-day on the editorial side once that was all built, you know, yeah. maybe five, four or five years ago. I loved you more ago. when you were a journalist, by yeah. the way. <laughs> no, because I, I mean, that's when I first, MJ Biz right. Daily, I'm like, okay, all these reporters, all these guys at the MJ Biz Daily, they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. You know, and then you have all the business guys. I'm, I'm you're not. I still love you. No <laughs> I straddle what. both. <laughs> but but then you have all the business guys who are like, "How do I make money? Where do I make money? Where this is a widget? I want to make money. I want to make money." You guys are like, "Let's understand things." You know, well, you know what? The, when you talked about how the industry has changed, you know, when we came in, um, there were people that were wary of us, right? It was like, who who are these people? We didn't come from the cannabis culture. Like we didn't, mm-hmm. a lot of the people back in the day, you know, were growing in their basements or, you know, just were steeped in cannabis. And that's why they got in, right? They're like, now I can do something and make a living from it that was illegal for so long. And so while definitely had, um, you know, experience with cannabis, we saw it as a good business opportunity that, that you can have a purpose for. It was helping patients. Again, mm-hmm. it was just medical at that time, right? 
But people in the industry saw us as outsiders. So I would, and I was really heavily involved. So I'd go to things, you know, didn't know the clicks and and all that. Mm-hmm. And you know, a you're a reporter, an editor. You know, so some people are like, whoa, you know, it was still sensitivity, right? Because it was you didn't know if you were going to get raided, yeah, right. So you didn't want your name out there. Um, and then also, you're you're not the cannabis guy coming in either. So yeah. there was a lot of um, a lot of that to deal with. And I, I've told this story before, but you know, I remember one of the first industry groups I went to in uh, they had a meeting in Denver. It's the marijuana industry group, MIG, and uh, I they invited me to come, and I was learning the industry. I went to the bathroom, and the guy next to me, you know, at the urinal. He was part of it. And he's like, you seem pretty cool, man. But he's like, uh, you're not an FBI agent, are you? Yeah, no, like, the, that's what that's, that's what people were afraid of. of. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and you kind of do have that FBI agent feel. But it's good that you're not doing the duties of an FBI agent. Yeah. You have, you're, you're, you're like a, a pursuer of truth, uh, creating the historical record. And that's yeah. what a good journalist does. And I, we don't need to talk about the media and journalism, how it's gone away from that. <laughs> Right. But when I found you guys and MJ Biz Daily, and there's some other operations out there as well, that you guys had this, what's going on? How do we understand this 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 ecosphere, which which to me was, was greatly appreciated. And it still goes on. MJ Biz Daily is still the number one publication out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from the business side there, of the is industry. There, is there, well, yeah. I, could, <laughs> I probably shouldn't talk about the other ones. Yeah. No, no, I'm fine. It doesn't. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, there's a bunch now, right? So we were the only ones doing it. And now there's there's probably a dozen, right? Whether it's magazines or online sites or or whatever, and some of them are are good now, you know. A lot of them aren't, but you certainly built that reputation, though. Like MJ Biz Daily is just everyone. That's like everyone's go to, you know. Well, bringing like professionalism and credibility mm-hmm. is really what we set out to do. That was the underlying philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's good to hear that, you know, that's the reputation it still has. No, and, and, and you know, I, I've known you since 2013, 2014. You've always like, okay, I'm objective. Right. You know, I'm objective. <laughs> right. I'm obje- I have to remain I can't objective. have any opinions. No, but but, but the cannabis, <laughs> now, you guys are the <laughs> historical record for the cannabis industry. Probably there's a lot of business, uh, there's a lot of journalists out there who just love cannabis so much yeah. who, you know, don't, can't see things objectively. But right. you guys were looking at things objectively. So that in a sense, it helps people understand what's really happening. It helps people understand, it still does, what's really happening. Um, so, you know, that's 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 a wonderful, wonderful service that you guys provided. But eventually you left. You, you were the editor-in-chief for until when? Yeah, I was the founding editor. And then uh, I think it was sev- 17, I started uh, moving more to the business side. So I, I kept overseeing that. But then it was like, you know, on the business side of the company, more tied to the events, marketing, sales, you know, tech. Mm-hmm. And that's, so then, then I became president and then president and CEO in 2020. How was that transition? Cause like, as you yeah. know, like it's hard to, to market cannabis. Yeah. And I guess like, because it's a business oriented thing, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard because, you know, as uh, you know, I had an MBA, so I had the business side from an educational standpoint, mm-hmm. but moving from kind of the journalism mentality to, to running the business was, you know, it was a challenge and it hit, it hit, you know, I, I took over in January 1st of 2020 and I had a plan all mapped out for that year. We were going to do seven or eight events. Oh yeah. We're going back to Colombia. We were going back to Denmark. We were doing one in Canada. I was looking at Asia, like maybe we'll do one in 2021 and literally three and a half months later, we shut down the office. Everyone went home and our revenue dropped to almost zero. 
Oh my God. Because of COVID. That's right. Yeah. So we had MJ Biz Daily and our revenue coming from that, but the bulk of our revenue of MJ Biz, their revenue was from events. Mm. And then you had, so not only did we have to start canceling events, right? But then we had no clarity on when we could ever do one again. So we were hit as hard as airlines, as hotels, as restaurants. And, and cannabis, as you know, was doing well, right? Yeah. So MJ, MJ Biz Daily is reporting on how cannabis is doing better and better. Well, MJ and internally, gone. you're like, what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. You know, and luckily, you know, when you look at for business lessons, luckily, you know, Anna Cassandra, who founded the company, had been very conservative fiscally, so never took an outside dollar. And then also uh, had a war chest, right, that we were going to use for acquisitions and mm-hmm. investments. That turned into like, you know, keeping staff employed at, to work through the unknown. So you look, the parallel now is uh, the industry now is in a, very bad spot in general, but a lot of companies aren't prepared for anything like this. They don't have the war chest. They don't have the buffer, right, to get through these periods. Um, when I look back to 2020, because of the way this was approached from the business side, we actually had money to get through, right, and not just have to, like, turn the lights off for a year or two and then pop back out and say, okay, now we're going to do an event, right? We kept MJ Biz Daily going, and uh, we kept our, our journalists, you know, moving forward, serving the industry, but again, the business lesson there is it, the only reason that happened is because of, you know, the preparation along the way. And I think you get fat and happy, and we certainly did for years too, but never to the point where you burned through money where you didn't have any cash and you couldn't get by. I mean, for us, it was, you know, a year and a half. These are good life lessons. Right? Yeah. These are, <laughs> right. I'm listening. Right. <laughs> now, I mean, Mita Serves is kind of like a, a training ground for people, so I'm always yeah. coaching, you know. Remember this, remember this. <laughs> right. Um, when did MG BizCon come back after the COVID year? The COVID year or something? So we did, uh, we did what everyone else did, and we did a virtual event, which, you know, <laughs> I think we've all had enough of those, and we'll never yes. do them again. Um, it was, you know, but you were scrambling to try and serve the industry to give people a way to market their services, to network, and, uh, you know, it was expensive endeavor. It was very time-consuming. Mm-hmm. And I think we did okay given the circumstances, but almost anyone who tried a virtual event that knows events did not do very well. Yeah. People like people. Yeah. People I like being around town people. Town hall did pretty well. I well, feel like a lot of people would come to me like, Oh, I used to watch your town hall during COVID. Yeah. And that's actually, I I, those are the type of things that did well. Okay. Right? If my dad, smaller. dad, yeah. if you watch this, you were right about two things. Okay. <laughs> my dad, in 1991, my dad says the web, the worldwide web is going to be everything. Go to Boston university, pay attention to worldwide web. Wow. That 1991. Okay, and then he also, right, like in March fifteenth, twenty twenty, um, right when COVID was rumored to be shutting down things, my dad said, "You got to pitch. You got to. You got to. You got to pivot. You got to go digital. It's everything's going to be digital." And then I was like, "No, Dad, no, fuck. <laughs> I don't want it to be digital. I like people." Yeah. And then by early April twenty twenty, everything shut down, and so we started doing those town halls, um, which were basically, I mean, you're know, like the podcast. They were just gatherings of people talking to each other on Zoom. Yeah. Um, but you know, people liked it. They could learn. I mean, we had the entire Arizona and national cannabis people, nine of them there talking to each other, interacting mm-hmm. with different themes and 150 to 400 people watching mm-hmm. yeah. and learning. And so it wasn't in a way it was more effective, but it was less personal. It's hard but- to learn online. Like at least for me, I mean, my last one in a year and a half years of college were spent through zoom. Yeah. So it yeah. really was unfortunate for me. Like I imagine having to look. I I felt like I was in 
that one show, The Brady Bunch or something. It's an alternative <laughs> reality, but it's <laughs> not you reality. Know the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I've heard about this school. before. Yeah. She knows the '80s. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, know, I know back into like the '40s. Like I listen. <laughs> the '40s. The '40s. Yeah, I listen to music from the '40s. Yeah. Wow. No, she's. We have some really intelligent people working at Meetup. <laughs> old soul. She's an old yeah, soul. Trapped in a twenty-three-year-old's body. <laughs> um. But so, so yeah, totally distracted me with that word. Okay, so we're back to MJ BizCon. What was the first month that came back? Year and month? Um, that, in person. So we did, we did virtual, and then uh, we came back in 2021. Um, 2021. But so it was basically almost two years where we weren't able to host a live event. And so to your point, like, you could do online events, and, and certain, certain things worked, right? Smaller, mm-hmm. uh, more intimate. Um, or may, maybe f- focus specifically on one topic, right? Yeah. But a trade show online, you know, just doesn't work very well. And so, and think about even in your college classes or even your town hall, like maybe there were 400 people there, but you've been on these things, right? Maybe you're paying attention 30% of the time, maybe 80%, but maybe you're oh, my dog's barking. And, you know, like yeah. who knows the engagement <laughs> on these things in general, right? Um, so for us, you know, basically we had seen MJ Bizit's seen a over 90% decline in revenue with no, with no idea of when it would come back. So it wasn't just a recession. It wasn't a market correction. You know, it was like, well, what the hell do we do when it evaporates and it could be years? Yeah. So it was, it was, and and I had just become CEO, right? So you're trying to learn that on the job, right? And I had been prepped and moving in that direction and then you're hit with like probably the worst situation you can imagine for the business model we had. Mm-hmm. So it was um, it was very <laughs> it was very difficult. So I sympathize with where a lot of people are in cannabis right now because I went through it when the industry was booming, you know, in 2020, 2021. Yeah. Uh, and this thing you have to realize though is there's always something, right? No one has an easy ride their entire career or your entire life or your business. There's always going to be a seismic, you know, negative. Mm-hmm development or trend or something you've just got to get through yeah and you know i just keep thinking about about the experience that you had the knowledge that you have and 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 how valuable it is i mean you sat in the editorial rooms of mj biz daily for 10 years with all these reporters all these editors gathering information from around the country around the world you sat in the uh it's not called the editorial room i guess it's the, the conference room for the mj biz con with all the people trying to figure out where things are going and how things are happening for like a decade. I mean, that's a tremendous amount of knowledge and experience. I mean, and you Very just highly recently left yeah. MJ BizCon. What, what's, what's Chris doing? What, <laughs> I mean, you must be taking a nice little vacation. Yeah. It's not as, uh, it's not as stress-free as I thought. So basically I wanted to take a couple months off at least. Right. Right. And just kind of disconnect. Uh, I picked up golf during COVID. I'm like, I'm terrible. Maybe I'll get, try and get better at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel some more, um, spend spend more time with my daughter, all the kind of the usual things, you know, when p- people step down. Yeah. But, you know, it's only been a couple of weeks, but it's been busy. It's been really busy. Um, you know, a lot of people reached out after, and you're keeping your connections and you're exploring what you want to do. So I had uh, about seven video uh, and phone meetings uh, one day last week in a row. It felt like I was working, right, right. that week. So, you know, I, I, I need to step back and disconnect. But it's hard because you you want to keep driving and going. Yeah, yeah and you don't want to. They are. They're yeah. like the most, some of the hardest workers I've seen. And to go from a journalist with that work ethic to doing a business, and then you know now in your 
you obviously have this experience and knowledge. Yeah. Like I can't imagine what you're going to do. But It'd be weird just sitting around, right? Yeah. 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 Not to put any more pressure on you, but you, you have a valuable mind and you have a valuable perspective and valuable ability to analyze things. So you have a duty. Yeah. You have a duty to use it. No, I, you know what? That's, that's <laughs> a really good point. And, and actually I hadn't thought of it that way, but here's the thing is that He's like, if I you- stay in the cannabis industry, there's not enough people who don't have an objective that are guiding government officials that are guiding businesses. Like everyone has a play, right? So when you, when you talk about all these regulations and, you know, now you got Maryland, they're crafting mm-hmm. rec rules, right? And all the people giving advice and input have a vested interest in how it turns out. An agenda. An agenda. They're going to, you know, e- even the small mom and pops want a certain thing. The NSOs <coughs> want a certain thing. The investor wants, you know, so, and that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, they want rules crafted that benefit them. But there's very few people who are guiding the industry, guiding legislatures, and guiding businesses who don't have that play. So now I'm in a position where if I stay in the industry, I can do that, right? And and not not have guidance or input from all my experience biased. that's biased, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You look You're, at both sides. So you use that journalism approach and then that. just go, and whether it's consulting or just talking, going to meetings, being on boards, you know, it's like just telling it like it is. Here are the, here are the drawbacks, the benefits, here's what's worked. But not saying, oh, it has to be this way or you should right. understand what the picture is, whatever way you go, right? And so that's that's where, to your point just now about how can you use the, the knowledge for good, right? For the industry, I think that, that could be the best way. Uh, Joe Biden, if you're connected to yeah. this podcast somehow, <laughs> uh, American Cannabis Czar, maybe, you know, overseer of all development cannabis industry. I like it. Yeah, no, I mean, but that would work. You know, and, and, and you immediately brought in, there, there are a lot of people that are lobbying and pushing for agendas. And I was one of them, uh, but I had to grow out of that. We don't need to get into my story. You know, I, I came in looking at, at this industry as, as a curious thing and a way to make money. But I realized that there was much more to this industry and there was much more to life. But it took that experience for me to get there. And, uh, and those are other themes that were another podcast, uh, a podcast about me. There you go. <laughs> so... Uh, so right now you're you're just two and a half weeks. Uh, any epiphanies during the two and a half weeks that like just the one I mentioned now? Actually, like if I'm going to stay in it, it might have to be that kind of route because that's what the industry needs. That would make me feel good about what I'm doing. Okay, you know, um, putting any vested interest aside and and helping the industry truly grow. Um, but no, no other epiphanies yet. It's uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride. And honestly, I'm looking at everything. This is a weird place to be in because I've always yeah. had a path, right? Mm-hmm. You're always building to something I knew where I was going. You know what the next step looks like or the next company. And now it's, uh, and this is, I like it, right? But it's also a little stressful. Right. I've never been in it, but it's like, man, I don't know what I'll be doing in six months. It might be in cannabis. It might be in media. It might be in events. It might be in none of the above. I mean, I've looked at investing or buying existing businesses that have nothing to do with any of my skill sets. Right. Interesting. You know, um, you know, maybe I'll own four parking lots and, you know, make, uh, you know, income, <laughs> easy income. I don't know. Passive income. Passive income. And mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I'm just, I, it's, it's the time in my life where it's just like, let's put it all on the table and see where I want to go. I'd like to do something with purpose. But, you know, passive income would be nice, too. Then you yeah. can really do something with purpose because you're not worried. If Vacation, you, if, just make money while you're sleeping. <laughs> right, right. If your you're, it's a dream, right? <laughs> Dean, 
If you're an Ivy League school out there recruiting for the Dean of Cannabis Studies. Right, right. That's and that's you, another one. I mean, you yeah. could be that. And then I could come. That's true. I could be yeah. one of your Harder adjunct professors. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. And no. you have those programs now at a lot of colleges. So the, the, Actually, that would, you know. I think the, that, that would be smart. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not an intellectual elitist or anything, but I, I, I think those positions in society, journalism, historian, professor, they have some sort of, you know, if you have a mind for it, and I know you do, you know, they're, they're, they're valuable, they're important, they're meaningful. And how people end up there is, is, is different it's all over the board routes yeah. and stuff, but yeah. you have 10 years of unbelievable knowledge and experience from all aspects of cannabis mm-hmm. and where that's going to go next is, you know, well, we'll, we'll find out right? yeah. we will. or, or it might not even be in cannabis. I might be sleeping on your couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what makes it different is your objective though. Like you do have all this wisdom experience, but your objective, you know, there's some people that aren't objective. They're very closed minded yeah. and it's yeah. good to have that. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what you do. And yeah, uh, you, you. you're married. How old's your daughter? Uh, nine. Yeah, I, me- I remember her when she was tiny. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. She was, uh, she was, I, I realized my life for, you know, she's almost 10. I, I was at MJ Biz for almost 12 years, but basically the past decade, you know, she was born into, into MJ Biz. That's all I've done yeah. since she was born. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, a new chapter in many ways, but uh, I think you're right. I want to use the, the knowledge and skills uh, not just own parking lots and sit on a beach in Mexico. Do both. Yeah, could do both, <laughs> right? Yeah, but you know, you're seeing uh, a lot of people get out of the industry that are that are like me, right? I mentioned at the beginning of this, the OGs. I mean, I I go down the list of of the big names in 2011 and 12 that I first met, and they were like, oh, the Steve D'Angelos, right? Um, you know, a lot of them have moved on from whatever company they were with. Some, uh, you know, I think Arcview and Troy Dayton. You know, had a had a great relationship with him, and you know he's uh, the last I heard. He's um, I think a life coach, and it has nothing to do with cannabis anymore. Yeah. And so you know, you look at the landscape back then and where it is now. A lot of different people involved, and uh, you know, I think the industry tires you out. It does. So sometimes people just just leave it. It's intellectually exhausting too. If you it really is. try to understand things, yeah. and and we're going to go through federal legalization. That's going to be. I think I'll wait until federal legalization and just like a year after federal legalization, I'll <laughs> head out. somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> because that's just going to be such a fascinating transition. Yeah. And, and, and discussions about market structures and rights that yeah. usually don't occur will be occurring during that time. And I like being part of those discussions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, learning it, observing it, understanding it, sharing with others is one thing. I think, I kind of want to speak up a little bit more, but uh, we'll see. Sometimes it comes down to funding. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful. Well, I would say, too, you know, it's a it's a fascinating case study, this industry. Yeah. So as as much as, like, people get tired of it, like, it's it's fascinating. It's so different. And, you know, if you have a business mindset, it's like, you know, this the way it's evolving, the regulation, state-by-state basis, will there be commerce across the country, the international, like <clears> – <throat> There's a lot you can learn and, and have fun with on the business side. So that would be hard to leave too. You don't just, do you want to go to like right you know, you know, <clears throat> company or say, you know, like I, I can see like, you know, let's put a, the federal government, a major university, Walmart calling you saying, advise us. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like the level that I see you at next. But you know, when that, when you decide 
who you're going to share your wisdom and knowledge with experience. Uh, will you come back and let us know first? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And Are today, you a good friend you were a good, great partner with MJ biz along the way. And you know, I appreciate everything you've done for me and for the company and yeah, love to come back. I, I enjoy astute, objective, interested minds. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I've always appreciated you, you know? So thank you for being a friend and, uh, of course, good luck to you and, you. uh, have fun at the open today. I can't wait. We'll see what kind of shape I'm in this <laughs> later this afternoon. <laughs> it's a good time. Pass out by 7 p.m. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me on. Thank you. And this is, oh, you want to say goodbye? I mean. <laughs> this has been, usually Destiny says, this has been another episode of Meet Unshackled. <laughs> this has been another episode of Meet Unshackled. <laughs>